The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite. From the Crosley Studios in Race City, USA, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to the Forward Bite Podcast. This is episode number 43. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, from the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, presented by Crosley Radio. This week, we've got Adam Logan back again as a co-host again, and we're kind of making a habit of this, ain't we, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a second job now. Yeah, it's becoming that way. But it's good. It's fun. We're all lit up in here. We got it going on today. We're going to have... We're going to have Doug Sanders on here out of Springwood, North Carolina. I've been trying to talk him into coming on here for quite a while. I wish he could have joined us in the studio, but instead we're going to have him on the phone, which will probably be fine. He'll uh, Hopefully he'll have some good stories to tell. I, every time I've ever talked to him, it's been a good story, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Adam, you and I, we went asphalt racing, arguably two of the biggest asphalt races in the country. You and I were at each each one of those. You were in Op, yep. Alabama. I was at Caraway for the Cars race. Uh, why don't you kind of recap your weekend there? Well, I went down to uh, Op, Alabama for the Rattler 250. Um, kind of went with work. We took a, took a parts trailer down there and started, you know, just basically supporting uh, supporting the racers down there, selling parts and everything. So it was, um, it was an interesting weekend. It was... Um, Man, it, at one point I thought we weren't going to get the get the weekend in. It Thursday and, and Friday looked like it was going to be a washout, but it turned out to be halfway decent as far as you know. They got all the races in, but my God, was it cold! And you wouldn't think South Alabama sold up at the racetrack at seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday had snow flurries, <laughs> thirty mile an hour wind. But um, the racing was good. The racing was good. They had twenty two. I mean, not the greatest car count down there, but I think, like I said, weather probably steered a few people away but they had 22 um supers i think it was the kickoff for the southern super series so and they had 22 of those guys um late model uh pro late models they had a they had a bigger field of those guys um but yeah it was some pretty good racing all weekend time Jeski three in a row on the on the rattler 250 and then dylan uh fecho i believe won the um the pro race so but that's that's where I spent. I went back home. Went back to my roots, <laughs> Alabama. Well, yeah. Yesterday I went to Caraway for the Cars Tour season opener, and uh, it was a good. It was a really good show up there. We uh, we got up there, and you know it, it washed it out all on Saturday. They were going to qualify everything and have the pro race on Saturday. Well, the they had weepers in the track. It had rained that morning. A lot of moisture still in the, in the air and in the track. They couldn't get all that done, so they had to do it all on Sunday. And a race that was originally supposed to start at two o'clock with the late model stock race didn't get started till six. And uh, I mean, I knew that going in, but man, I, it got cold once the sun went down. And uh, but we stayed there and watched that whole race, and and it was good to see Carson Quapple get it done. And and then his little brother won the pro race earlier that afternoon, so a really big day for the for the Quapple family. And they were all there, Travis and everybody, and it was it was good to see him get a good start in that new junior motorsports ride i talked to him there earlier that afternoon and told him i said if you can just save your tires and save your equipment and be there at the end you'll win this race and he had no confidence at, at all about that and and uh and he did that i mean i don't think he took my advice but that's that's the advice i gave him just based off of the races i've seen there at caraway so anyway we parked yeah. track side there and turn three it's it's a great place to go watch a race if you've never been i don't care if you're asphalt dirt whatever caraway puts on a pretty good show usually i'm watching it too yeah thanks to speed sport tv live on speed sport live tv, on speed sport, TV. I, tony yep. stevens i watched it, it it was um it was it was really good to see them the the quapples they had a big day up down there and that that late metal stock race it was it was wild that <laughs> What I was field, watching, the whole field was bumper to bumper, bumper to bumper. Time. But they kind of they kind of mind their p's and q's. But around halfway there, they had that break or whatever. And after that, like it took like an hour to go from lap one hundred to one hundred five. I mean, they just kept wrecking, and I guess they decided it's time to go. And it was pretty wild. But that was a uh, like I said, you said you told uh, Carson to keep his save his equipment. He he was able to hold off um, Caden Honeycutt, and he pitted late and got two fresh tires, 
And Quapple stayed out. Was yeah. like they've had a caution with fifty to go. Quapple stayed out, and I was like, man, he don't have a chance. Because I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Corey High most of the day on the radio, and they were talking strategy and all this. And they they came in on that last stop, and they took two right side tires, and they swapped the lefts, checked the stagger, and everything. And they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna whoop them now. We're gonna get it, you know, we're gonna win this thing. And and they they didn't have a chance. And Quapple stayed out on and on those older tires and fifty laps from lap 150 to 200 went green flag and he he held them off and done a great job drove he he didn't miss his marks once that whole he had a good coach too in his ear too yeah josh berry yeah josh berry flew back from from phoenix to kind of coach him and kind of be on the radio with him so i'm sure that didn't hurt one bit having him in his corner for that that big win no doubt i sent him a congratulatory text message josh and i told him i said i don't know what you told him but i here's here's what i told him (laughs) which is basically what i just said and he said yeah man i'll tell him thanks (laughs) uh, that's pretty cool but i also told josh earlier in the day there i said i I appreciate you spending that ty gibbs out there on saturday that was cool he just (laughs) rolled his eyes (laughs) i missed that race i didn't get to see none of that i said i was at the racetrack all all weekend i didn't get to watch you know any of the any of the cup stuff or Xfinity or anything like that, but yeah, it was it was good good racing down there at Op. Yeah, the pro race was was really good, um, and the in the super race, Ty Majeski, he's just he's just unbelievable down there. Like he took off, checked out, and then you could tell he was saving his equipment for second middle half of the race. He kind of fell back a little bit, but when it was go time, he was he was gone. Nobody could nobody could touch him. So. Yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of super late model or dirt track racing in general this weekend, and that's kind of why we're just talking asphalt because that's where we were this weekend. But that and we've probably talked more asphalt right there in those few minutes than I've ever talked on this show, which is fine. But uh, hey, racing's racing. <laughs> yeah, racing is racing. It was a good, some good stuff. But uh, that they, I think they raced at Golden Isles. I saw like a regional local crate racing show, and then. Then the Rev down there in Monroe, Louisiana, you know, last week we had Dylan Scott on here to talk about that race and getting canceled. And they went ahead and put on a local crate race on Sunday. And uh, I heard they had a pretty good turnout. There. I saw I saw that, you know, kind of saw it this morning. But it looks like he put together a little, like you said, crate deal, some local classes to, like, you know, let's hope not, but be the last race they had. But it was pretty cool that people come out and supported that deal. The racers showed up. You know they wanted they wanted to race that place, and that was pretty cool that they were able to get some kind of some some sense of racing at the track. Yeah, and shout out to Dylan Scott too, man. We you know we had him on the show last week, and you listeners have no idea how spurred a moment that was. And it, it was, just, it was, it was <laughs> last minute, you know. Special shout out to Mike Knuckles too, Warrior Race Cars. I know he's friends with him, and he had his number there on hand and so that's all i did was just text him and we got him lined up on the show in about two minutes and did the interview 30 minutes later there as you all heard if you listened last week but he you know as we were talking to him we found out he was playing a show in charlotte right so he said he was gonna be in charlotte so i uh, told him i was leaving so i wouldn't be able to go man i wish you could have got to go that was a that was an awesome time yeah i went you showed up yeah Heck yeah. We hadn't talked about this yet. No, that's surprising. What happened? <laughs> Man, it was great. So I showed up there. They had my name on the list there. I had Kyle Armstrong plus one on there. So I got I brought Kevin Deadman with me, his wife, and, and their friend Maddie. And we uh, went, and he told me, he said, you know, when y'all get here, just text me. Send my manager a text, and he'll come out and get you. And uh, we'll go up on the bus and hang out. So sure enough, he was a man of his word. We went up in there. And and spent about thirty minutes with him before the show, and he couldn't have been nicer and friendlier and cool. And he was, he was big, big fan of you know this show. He listens to this podcast, and you know I had no idea we had a reach like that. So that was that unreal. is pretty cool. That is awesome. <laughs> and we just sat in there and talked about dirt late model racing for like thirty minutes. And I kept on telling him like, man, you got to play tonight. I don't want to take up much of your time. And he said, nah, y'all ain't y'all ain't a burden to me. And he, you know, we just kept on just hanging out and. Kevin got the meeting, you know, from Dirty Grass Soul, and and we, you know, all made a pretty good connection there. And it sounds like, it sounds like he's he's big into eye racing. Uh oh. So that was a big topic of conversation. I, now I'm gonna embarrass him. <laughs> I'm gonna embarrass myself. You're gonna get him to go eye racing with us. Yeah. And he's gonna be like, I remember that guy. That guy's terrible. No wonder he's a fan <laughs> of racing. He can't drive. Yeah, I won't be too impressive either. But he, uh, Kevin's gonna help him on some setups and get him dialed in. So. I think here pretty soon we'll probably all be in Discord or whatever on there 
with Chris Ferguson and Trent Ivy and some of them guys with this Dylan Scott country <laughs> music superstar iRacing. on iRacing. That would awesome. be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. He, he was talking about getting an Oculus, you know, VR set up. He'd never heard of that That's going to make me sick. Yeah, I, I can I can barely hang with the screen in front of me. So. I can too, but he, super cool. I mean, he couldn't have been friendlier, and hopefully we've got a friend for life there. And you know, if he ever wants to go to a dirt race or anything, or if he's listening to this, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll hook you up. We'll we'll have a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You got to go hang out with him, and like you said, and what we heard on on the interview is how he is in real life. So that's awesome. Oh, he's down to earth, man. Salt of the earth guy, and then. His uh, his manager there came and got you know came on the bus said hey Dylan you got to be on the stage in five minutes so we snapped a quick picture with him and shook hands one more time and and, and walked out and walked into the show and by the time we went through tech and everything to get in there uh, two minutes later he was coming out on the stage and the whole crowd was you know a thousand people or whatever in going this place nuts. going crazy for him and I had no idea his, he was that popular and everything but he's he's going to the next level here I think and then we had a great time. I, it's just unreal the connection that's, we that's made there. That's pretty cool. He yeah, he told you to show up and you did. Yeah, that's awesome. I took him up on it, and I'm glad I did. It was it was a good night. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had to go. I wish I, you could have been yeah, there. Yeah, I was out. Of, I had to drive. I was driving down the road. Well, no, what was that Thursday night? Yeah. No, yeah. I was at the racetrack Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday unfortunately. night. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I had a practice day, so. Well, hopefully there's another opportunity in the future. We'll go. I don't think he's going anywhere soon. Yeah. I think he's gonna be. Got a career for a long time. Yeah, so. he'll be around. Yeah, I don't think I'll. That's gonna be his last concert. So no, no, I, I, I believe even. we'll be able to see him again. So he asked about you. Did he? Yeah. Did you tell him I was at a? You didn't, you didn't tell him I was at an asphalt track, did you? I don't know if I did. I don't know. Maybe. Should have just said know. I was at the racetrack. But he loves his dirt racing though. It was unreal. He was, you know, he knows who Jonathan Davenport is and Brandon Overton and you know all your household names and. You sometimes and, think those guys. You kind of, frankly, they don't know who what we're doing. They, they we're not even on their radar. You know, they're big country music stars, big stars. They don't care about us, but seems like he keeps up with it. Yeah, he keeps up with it. I mean, they've got a couple of TVs on that bus, and he says when they're racing, he's watching. You know, he's he's dialed in on Mav or whatever, watching the Lucas Oil Boys or Dirt Vision or Flow or Speed Sport or whatever it may be, watching a race. So he's. He's well connected, and it was it was a lot of fun. Awesome to see him. Also ran into Cody Summer there, was the promoter of the Gateway Dirt Nationals, and you know works for Nice now. And uh, Cody Summer, shout out to Cody. He listens to our podcast every week. So uh, there we go. Have to get him on here sometime, I guess. So for sure, you gotta see what he's up to now that he's not. I guess he said he's not with he's not with Bloomquist no more. So with Nice, so it's probably gotta see what that. Well, you know what his capacity is there. It He's ha- still doing the day- Gateway Nationals, right? Yeah, we're He's- still going to do that. He was. He keeps. He keeps. I've never been to that event yet, and he keeps begging me year after year. You got to go. go. You yeah. got to go to that one. I went the first year. I went <laughs> yeah. the first year, and that was. It, it was. It was pretty cool how they did. It. It's kind of like you know Supercross. You know they turn the lights out. You're in a you know a dome. Driver introductions. And, like it was. It was wild. It was crazy. Kind of, I went there first year with um, Lanigan. He was racing for Boyer at the time, and who I used to work for. So I, I called him up. Said, "You going to going to the dome?" He said, "Yeah, we're going to the dome." And he almost had that like, God, I don't really want to go. Like that's that's not his style racetrack. Like boring, elbows up. Like that's just. Not what he preferred. Well, that Thursday night or that Friday night race out there, he looked we about like he had the time it. of his life. We about won it. He gets out of there, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be pissed. You know, and we almost won. Guy cut down in front of him and wrecked us a little bit and ended up second. Or was it second? I think we ended up. Or second we were second or third. Or third. Yeah. We were second or third. Bab it was wild. It was wild. Bab won. But we get back to the piss. I'm like, eh, he's just going to be, he's, he's not going to be in a good mood. You know, gave one away. He had the smile biggest from ear to ear. He was like a little kid in a candy store. He's like, man, that was awesome. I didn't. I was like, wow. And like I said they put on a put on a good event. It's it. It's just so different because most most dirt races, you know, you kind of have to wait till the sun's down. Most racetracks are kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So there's you know it's, the only thing to do is go to the races or camp, you know, and that's that's all you got. Here it's in downtown 
St. Louis. So you can start early because there's no sun you got to worry about. So when the race is over with, you're you're downtown. You just walk out the gates and nightlife galore. Just walk straight to your hotel or go to a bar or, or anything. You know, it's St. Louis, so there's plenty of things to do. You can go to the Arch or, you know, Budweiser's close and do all that stuff. But that's, it's a really neat event. You know, it kind of gets, you know, some people kind of talk down on it because, you know, the track, it is what it is sometimes. But I'm telling you, it's, it's an experience. You got to go and check it out. Maybe we'll get a chance to go this year. Maybe we can. Maybe we should. Maybe we'll take this podcast out there we and should. do a live, live on the scene. On, uh, who knows? Who, we'll, we know. who knows what the future holds? Let's, we'll set us up a spot there. But, yeah, and it's and the cool thing about that is, too, it's, it's in the middle of winter, you know, 1st of December. So the people, the racers that aren't racing want to go there. So you never know who you're going to run into just sitting in the stands or in somebody's suite or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's like so, what Kenny Collins said on here a couple weeks ago. He yeah. said it's every racer you've ever seen ever yeah. at the casino. Just, yeah, and you're just until four in the morning. Until four in the morning. Yeah, do it all again the next day. But it, like I said, it's pretty cool just to, and you get to kind of hang out with some of those guys that you know you're not at a racetrack. You know, it's outside their element. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. It's a good weekend. Well, cool. What do we got coming up this weekend? You going anywhere? I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked at my calendar yet to see what's going on. Um, unfortunately, I have, to, I have to work on Saturday morning, so it's probably going to spoil a little bit. But I know I'm two weeks, the World of Outlaws come down to Cherokee. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm probably going to do that one in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm that's, probably going to That's gonna probably going to be my next race. I'm not sure. Like I said, i got to look at the calendar, see what's going on around here, and uh, who knows. they got that big Bristol Dirt Nationals, too, there, two-week show. I don't think I'm even going to bother with it i'm i'm gonna go to bristol but i don't think i'm gonna go the first round just because we got you know the world outlaws in our backyard that's all all i used to race with all those guys so it'd be cool to get back there and see all my buddies and hang out with them and and kind of spend the weekend there close to home but i plan on the bristol deal i'm gonna go up to bristol and probably be the second round yeah i may i mean i may go up there but they're making it tough on us media guys to get in and stuff so i'm just gonna if I go, I'll, I'll probably be paying to get in and paying to park and hiking a mile to get up to the top of the tower. To you got watch all the money all in the world. I got it, you but make, I mean, you're you making know, them big bucks. You got, you got the, you know, they need to take better care of their media. Is what I'm saying. I think. Yeah, that guy, he's he's kind of, he's kind of setting himself aside. You know what I mean? He's not he's not working. If he with don't want us to other. cover it, then you know, yeah, whatever. He's, yeah, he's kind of closing himself off to the other, like you said, the other media outlets, kind of making yeah. it tougher for them, the guys to get in. And I remember last year, I mean, it was hard to find who won that event. You couldn't see, you didn't have any kind of highlights or, or recaps of anything. And it was, it was hard to get any kind of coverage and what actually happened at, at, at all those events. So, I don't know. Maybe it's working out for him. Yeah, but, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be there the second round. That's a so. huge purse to pay. We were. I was talking to somebody about it earlier today. That's a lot to. That's a. That's lot. a lot to cover. He's stepping out there. So I mean, I hope he does good. I mean, I ain't. I, I mean, ain't, I'm not. I'm not, gonna... I'm not bashing the guy. It's just I'd like. You know, it's kind of we're kind of spoiled these these days that there's so much racing, whether it be asphalt, dirt, anything. We're we get so much coverage and we get so many recaps and, and replays and we can watch live events of this and that with, with, you know, like all, we, we mentor them all, but you know, but they all kind of work together. They, you know, if, if speed sports covering the race, they might give a highlight to somebody else or vice versa and stuff like that. So these people need to work together. And that, like I said, he hadn't seen it happen yet. Not, not with him yet, but I, like I said, I'm, I applaud him for, um, putting up these big money races for the dirt guys, I think it's you know long overdue with you know the way things cost of of race cars and traveling up and down the road. So I applaud the guy for hey he's putting out the money. So I said I hope the racers support him and fans you know go and watch the race and everything because I don't I don't want to see you know someone you know I don't want to see it'd be a one and done with, with big money races yeah, like that. I don't uh, want us to talk them out of it, but I'm just saying no, for me, no. it may not work for me to get to go, yeah. but, uh, he's, you know, there's a 50,000 to win each night, four nights. That's a $150,000 purse. And then well, somebody it, gets on a hot streak. Yeah. Well, and then the points fund too, is a hundred thousand to win the points and five just for 000, Bristol, just, just for, for those Bristol. four Bristol races. 
$5,000 to finish 24th on the points. You want to go put a car together? I mean, I think Let's so. Let's go buy a race car. Yeah. He's got a, we can pay for we're, it. We're going to have Doug Sanders on here next. We'll see if he's He'll got be my one sitting chief. there ready to we'll go. We'll get we'll, Doug be my crew chief. Yeah. We'll go put a car together. We'll pay for it in, what, two weeks? Yeah, we'll have it We'll have it paid for. Yeah. It's that easy, right? Yeah, we'll just lease a motor from Clements or yeah. something. It'll be that easy. I can just hop in a race car and go win Bristol, you think? Well, you don't even have to win it. You just be in the top ten and... <laughs> You'll make it. I don't think I'll even come close. That'll yeah. be, be that guy riding his back and be like, why is that guy even here? Yeah. So No, I'm not going to race. I'll, <laughs> I'll just go watch. Those guys are too good at what they do. They don't need me out there. No, for sure. And I saw Del McDowell's going to run it. That's cool. You know, last year they were. He won the first one. Well, I know that. But they Long said they had been there and done that whenever it came around last year. And I guess they really liked what they saw. And I, I liked it, too. I liked the especially the world of outlaws race on that Sunday afternoon. That was Devin one. That was a really good race. That was pretty cool. It's, the place is. So we'll see. The place is like electrifying. Like I remember when we, yeah. we did it, we raced it last year when I was with Daryl and you know, it, right before you roll out, y'all lined up on pit road, getting, making sure the car's ready make sure everything's tight. And before you roll out, then you look up and like, man, this is pretty neat. Cause it's, that's one of them places. I always watch it on TV with, you know, NASCAR and, you know, Rusty Wallace winning all the time there and, and Dale Earnhardt, and, you know, giving old Terry a boot and stuff like that. It's like, now we're we're racing here. Like, I'm sitting, in, cool. I'm sitting in the middle of this place and we're about to go race dirt late models here. Like, that was pretty cool. And it actually, like you said, it turned out better than I thought it was. We went and did a test there probably a couple couple weeks before the, the World of Outlaw event there. And I was pretty nervous with the the amount of speed and what we you know what the car could handle. I was like, well, this is gonna be rough." But they actually, if if it makes sense, they slowed it down a little bit compared to when we were there testing, and so it it actually made it better racing wise than when we went and tested. So hopefully, Del Max seeing that wants to come back there and get him about a couple fifty grand. I think he's got the shot. I think, I think he's, he's got, got a shot, shot to do it. He'll be good. The uh, you mentioned though uh, the uh, the big screen there in the middle that night it rained it out was playing all those old cup races from there back in the yeah. day and coming through the PA system and all that. I was in the infield looking at some of that. That was pretty neat. You don't realize how big that thing is. Like yeah. I, like I said, I've only seen the place on TV and they say you know the last Coliseum and they put this big. It's still a up. huge track. Oh yes, it's massive. I mean, you look down in there. I mean, you're looking straight up. I mean, your head's straight up looking at the top of the stands, and you're down there in the infield, and you're like, wow. And then you, you got that big ass screen ahead of you, and you're like, you don't realize how big that thing is till you look up, and you're like, I hope that thing don't fall. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna. It's going to take out a few people here. Well, that's coming up in a couple of weeks there. If anybody's interested, go to Bristol. It'll be uh, probably pretty be a pretty good couple of weeks of, of racing there for sure. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, to seeing what goes on up there. For sure. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Forward Bike Podcast, and uh, we'll come back on the other side, and we'll call up uh, Springwood, North Carolina's Doug Sanders. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. All right, we're back here on the Forward Bike Podcast. We've got a very special guest on the phone lines tonight out of Springwood, North Carolina. It's Doug Sanders. What's going on, Doug? Oh, I'm fighting a bunch of traffic over here in Charlotte. Over here in Charlotte, I hear you, man. We're sitting up here in Mooresville just talking to you, and uh, you're the man of the hour here. I've wanted to have you on this show since we started it a couple of years ago, and I've talked to you about it in the past, and it's finally your turn. So uh, I guess how does that feel? Uh, it feels pretty good since I'm about ready to retire. <laughs> you finally made it. Finally made yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Adam Logan here, too. I'll introduce you to Adam there. He's uh, formerly uh, Daryl Lanigan's crew chief there. He's kind of co-hosting this with us. But, uh, yeah, first question I'll ask you. Um, it's just a general question, but it ought to get you going. Uh, when did you get your start in racing, and kind of how, how did that all work out? Well, I I really can't tell you. I know it was pretty close to about somewhere around about 
48 years, 49 years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, my brother started racing, and uh, when he started, I decided to do it myself, and then it went on, then I went, you know, just kept going and going and going, and I always want to quit, but I just can't. I know you seem like you've been on your kind of retirement tour for four or five years and you still keep going. And I hope you, uh, I hope you got another 10 or 15 years left in you. Well, I made up my mind this year. I bought me a new, a new longhorn and everything. And if I, if I run competitive, I'll keep going. But if I don't run competitive this year, I'm going to quit. Right. And it's, it, and this year seemed like it's going to be a worse year than what it was last year. Why so, you say, why you say that? Because, well, I'm just saying, not me, but I'm just saying trying to travel. Oh, I got And you. the price of racing has gone up so much now. Everybody, everybody's starting to park. A lot of them will start parking their cars pretty soon if things don't change around. Yeah, it's sort of skyrocketed here. We talked about that last week, and now it's got worse. It's got worse in just one week's time here with the diesel prices and everything. So it, it is going to be tough for the racer this year. And you're a budget-friendly guy yourself, so I just uh, that's that's going to really play an effect on on you know where you're going to choose to go run and everything. I'm sure. Yeah, this year I'm probably planning on more right now running local, Carolina, uh, Friendship, Langster, Gaffney, anywhere that runs a super local. Because this this year tires went up sixty dollars a piece, diesels have gone up two dollars or more a gallon, and you just can't go nowhere, and the purses hadn't changed a bit in 15 years at all. We still running for the same thing we did 15 years ago. No doubt about that. Spe- speaking of 15 years ago, I'm I'm always I always like to myself look back at. I like looking at the 80s and early 90s and pictures and stuff like that. What was the racing like back then compared to now? Like, what what's the biggest differences? Did you like it back then? You like it now? Back then, racing was fun. It was a fun thing to do. But now, racing has become a job. And when it when it becomes a job, people don't like jobs. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. We all gotta have them. <laughs> we gotta have them. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a engineer going with you, two or three crew, uh, a, a crew chief, and a two or three crew to go with you all the time. Now, it's it's just got so it ain't fun no more. What, yeah. was, what was the funnest about those days? What 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 made it so? I mean, like you said, it's fun now. It's a job, but back then, like what what made you stick with it? You keep saying you wanted to quit, 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 but you just kind of you just kept on racing. What made you keep racing back? You know, for the you know how long you said forty eight years you've been racing. It's been right around forty eight years. I, I'm going on October. I'll be sixty five years old. So it, it's getting pretty close. I started. I think I started when I was sixteen or seventeen or something. And I, I don't know. I don't do nothing but race and hunt, and that's all I've ever done. So I still enjoy it. And if I quit today, I'll become a truck driver for my nephew. That's, I still going to go to races and enjoy them, but I'm going to be the truck driver for my nephew, Hall Big A around. Big A. Yeah, Big A, Anthony Sanders. You know, he's kept you looking good over the last few years. with you. uh, You've had some really good-looking – I was going to bring this up later, but you've done brought him up. He's really kept you looking good with your uh, wraps on your race cars over the last 10 or 15 years, too, I think. Yeah, he's he's done a real good job on them. I mean, me, he asks me, what do you want on it? I said, don't matter to me. I just want four new tires and sit in the car because I never look at it unless I walk down pit road and come back. So it don't matter (laughs) to me what you do. As long as it's got number 42 on it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the deal. That was my uncle's number when my daddy raced. And then Gene started racing. He started off with my brother with 42. Then I started, and he made his 41, and mine was 42. And then when Anthony started racing, he was running Craig. He runs 42 for a little bit. And then when he moved, I got him to move up to late models. He decided to take his daddy's and my number and put them together and make it 421. He's been doing a pretty good job for himself here over the last couple of years, too. You know, he picked up that ultimate win there at Gaffney last year and was pretty close in the points there. I guess he'll probably still chase that this year, I guess. Yeah, I'm just hoping that it stays there all year. I mean, we got struck out two times 
on the points. You got, you know, they had to cut the points because we did the way the things were. But I don't know if it's going to last all year long or not. That's why I'm kind of worried about, you know, I want to run around the house because, and I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen on the points deals. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I want to. Uh, well, like I, I really want to go all the way back to those early '80s and stuff. You were racing at Metrolina and and everywhere, Buddy Smith and Freddie Smith and Duval and all, Ricky Weeks, all them guys on a weekly basis. Well, I mean, just try to try to paint a picture of what some of those early days were like in uh, at Gaffney or Metrolina or any place like that. Oh, well, like I said, you know, it used to be fun. We could go down there. Everybody talked to everybody. Everybody knowed everybody. And it, I mean, it, it was fun racing back then. But nowadays, you go to, you got to travel off, and you don't know nobody, and it, it's, it's just not, not fun. And they need to bring the fun and the cost down back on super late model racing. I'm scared it's going to go out in the next two or three years because you man can't just keep on. And your local guys is what makes a late model race. If you didn't have for your local guys when you go to a, a track, you're gonna have about ten traveling series guys with it and that's it so you know you you local guys i i would love to see right here around in the south of carolina and north carolina somebody run super late models on friday night saturday nights so these these younger guys are get into it so they can run right at home then you're gonna get some more traveling cars but the way it is now you got to travel to go racing and back in the 80s you had about four or five racetracks that yeah. you could go to and race uh, yeah, and then also that brings up something I wanted to ask you too. Uh, talk about all those four or five racetracks here in the area. It's hard to imagine that. I mean, I grew up going to them all too, Doug. I've known you all my life, but it's just so hard to imagine how many have went away. And uh, back in the back in the day, the eighties and the nineties, and there was no internet, no cell phones, none of this. And it's it's almost hard to imagine that anymore, right? I mean you actually had to get the newspaper the racing news or speed sport or whatever and find what race you were going to go run who was paying the money that week uh, is that is that how i mean I, that's how it was wasn't it yeah yeah i mean you could pick and choose anywhere you wanted to go within really within an hour half of, a, of the house here in gaston county and and now you know you you got three and four hour rides for like i said the same money we used to race for back then and I, I wished it would come back. Super late models would come back to your local racetracks. So when you started out, like, were you mainly local? Like, I'm, I'm new there. I grew up in Alabama. And, like, for you growing up racing, did you go to the same Metrolina and, and, and Cherokee every week? Or, or could you venture out a little bit? Like you said, you had four or five tracks within an hour. How did you start? Did you stick with one track every week? Or, or did you? move around a little bit different they were closer but did you still move around well yeah i would run chester and i would run langster i'd run metrolina and uh friendship it's just everywhere we decided to go and one year we decided to run metrolina all year and uh friendship and and langster and you know it's, it's, we just choose every when it come when it come friday we would choose which racetrack, flip a coin, which one to go to. You can't do that now. <laughs> no, no, there's no way. you got to plan two weeks ahead of time where you're going to go. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I supposed to go to uh, Boyd Speedway this week, and I really don't even know if, if, I, if I'm going yet or not because diesel has, is killing me. Yeah. I went I went last week to Smoky Mount Speedway, and – before I got in the gate, I mean, even paid to get in, I done spent over $1,700 to go there, and it's going to be more this week to run for less money than I ran for last week. Man. You're definitely missing the 80s when you just flip a coin on a yeah. Friday night and just go for less than an hour. Man, I'm oh, yeah. I'm missing it just by hearing, hearing what you're saying. It, it's going to get rough. It's probably going to get rougher. Yeah. I believe it's Gaffney. Uh, would run some late models on on Saturday night, and really wouldn't have to pay much. Fifteen hundred to win, two hundred to start. A lot of people would quit traveling. It's it's just you, you just can't you just can't make it unless you got a major sponsor traveling right now. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, Gaffney there back in the uh, 
back in uh, back in your days, it was a big half mile track, and they've shortened it down. Do you think that's helped the cost any? And then I want then the next question. Well, answer that one. I got another one. Yeah, well, it ain't it ain't helped the cost none because all the motors have went up, the tires have went up. It really hadn't helped the cost at all. Them shortening the racetrack. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured, but. Yeah, you you won a lot of races there in the nineties. I think uh, Ricky Weeks probably has has the record for winning the most. But you you're like second or third last time I saw Walter Faulkner's statistics sheet. So tell us about some of those nights there when you won some races at Gaffney back in the nineties. Oh yeah, I mean I loved Gaffney when it was a big racetrack. You had a top and you had a bottom, and uh, my biggest thing down at Lancaster is I mean at Gaffney is I, I started 24th one night took had to take a provisional for a big show down there because I was a local guy and come all all the way to second on the outside and right up behind Bloomquist and blew out a tire and that's the biggest thrill I ever had at, at Gaffney Speedway almost, but, almost passing Bloomquist yeah and, and that place yeah. that place is synonymous for uh, tire wear and it showed last week too didn't it Oh, yeah. I, I, we could take a, a 70, which is the hardest Hoosier tire made for dirt, and you could run that thing 150 laps on that big track or the little track, either one. The tire they got out now, they can't even make 47 laps on that. No, no. No, ask Chris Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at Chris's tire, and even the left rears was about gone, but it's, it's like I said, they, they took that, that tire, that hard tire, and they changed it back so it would wire out more to make more money. I got you. <laughs> so yeah. going going back to your your early, what is your favorite racetrack? Where did you like to race? I up? love Metrolina Speedway. Metrolina. That, that was one of the best racetracks around, and I, I love that place more what, than anything. What about that place? What about that place? Did you did you just did you figure out how to drive it or just success there or just the atmosphere? What, what about Metrolina? Uh, it's, that's the first, first place I ever raced with Metrolina. And I, I loved it because it was just wide and it, the dirt was good. As far as I can remember, it never, never got a hole in it. That track never got rough. And the first time I ever drove at Metrolina, uh, I was bragging my first race that I was going to, Go around and finish in the top five. And this here was back in probably the early 80s. My daddy told me if I could run in the top five, he'd give me $100. And that was $100, a lot of money to a 17-year-old kid back then. And I started I started uh, 24th and run the whole race. And I was four laps down. And I finished fifth. They wasn't but five cars finished the race, and I got my hundred dollars. You weren't coming off that racetrack, were you? <laughs> oh no, huh? I was gonna plan on riding the whole thing out because I was looking at them as they was dropping out to get my hundred dollars, <laughs> and it and it didn't pay but five hundred to win. And I think the last place was ten dollars or something back then. You made some money that night. Oh yeah. Did you ever? Uh, I, I know Dale Earnhardt started there too. Did you ever really race with him? I raced with him, Tony Uri. He ran there in the same division I did and all. And I remember the first race I watched Dale race and that. Now, I remember running at the old Concord Speedway dirt track. And Dale and Dale was up there, and that's the first time I ever seen him run. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess you got some stories with him then, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, did, I didn't run a whole lot with him because about the time I started running with him, he, uh, he moved off to – asphalt i got you yeah now i remember i remember uh i watched his daddy run a bunch up there when i was running there because one night ralph Earnhardt won the heat and when he come off the track he blowed his motor and he come went home and we we was parked beside him and he went home and jacked it and jacked his car right there at the track took all four tires of him went home and got his asphalt car and come back and started 24th and he was leading that thing on lap 15 with an asphalt car. Could you do that these days? No, shoot, no. The <laughs> things they got now, they ain't race cars. Them, them matchbox cars. So back in the day, I mean, what, so back in the day with some real racers, real race cars. 
Oh, yeah. Now, nowadays, if you take some of these kids and you put them in a car like we drove really about 25 years ago, they'd be crying when they got out of them. It was a real man sport back in the day. Well, yeah. It's what uh, me and John Percy was talking about last time John ran down at Carolina. He said, this place has never been that rough. I said, John, we ain't never been this old. <laughs> <laughs> There's a first for everything, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I said, if we put them kids in them old car, we had no fire steering, little old 80-inch tires. So they, they'd have a fit. And that, that's what's wrong with it now. Is if, they'd, if they'd go back some oil shocks and uh, you'd be see some good racing right now, it's, it's just rich rich people in the racing with their kids and they're spending all kind of money on them and you just you can't race against that there's no way yes it, it's always kind of somewhat been like that you know racing against money but uh, i i, I kind of tend to agree with you these days it, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of tough for a guy like you to compete with some of that stuff these days oh yeah because when it, it comes when it comes to these gas shocks Man, I'm out in left field. It's just, it's just, it just ain't racing. Used to be, you bolted four shocks on the car, and that was it. Then you drove it. You had so, to drive it. Yeah, you got to drive it. You can't, you couldn't do like it do now. It drives itself. Do you, uh, you remember racing with Freddie Query back in the six cylinder days or the late model days? Yep, I raced with Freddie, and, and uh, last time we raced with him, I think it was a five thousand win at, at Whitfield Speedway. And Freddie was one of the first persons to have an automatic transmission. And they stopped us at halfway, and he couldn't crank it back up. His battery went dead, and he couldn't push it off because it was automatic. And he was leading the race, and he wound up losing the race. And my brother took, my brother took it over then. He was driving, and he was leading the race with one to go and had a flat tire on it. So it was an all-around bad day there at With. Oh, yeah. But Whistle is the best racetrack they are in the South. Right now, it's the best one in the South. Whistle. Yeah. Whistle. Yeah. I ain't never been there. I, oh, it's awesome. Oh, we'll I, go up there. I'll take you up there this I, year. No, yeah. I haven't been the way. I, can I always see it's the. Uh, don't they always kick off old Ray Cook's deal up there? Yeah. 10,000 to win in July there. So. You can run Whistle. You can run Whistle around that racetrack five wide without no problem, not even touching each other. It, that's. And, the best clay and the best—it's the best racetrack in the south. Just don't, uh, just don't make the little security guy mad there on the hill there in turn four. Oh yeah, <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> that what did you do to him? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Who messed with the security? Well, guy? we were standing there watching the watching the like the bang banger race at the end of the night. Doug couldn't get his hauler out because cars was all parked around. He parked up on top of the hill. We were just, and I was there with my camper. I didn't have nowhere to be either. And we were just down there watching the last race of the night. And this little old guy come out of the ticket office there and told, told us and Doug, and you can't stand right here just because there was a sign there. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, and they were still worried about who was going to stand there. And uh, I can't remember what Doug told him. He might remember. Nah, I told him, I said, either you can stand here with us, or you can be down yonder when we throw you off this hill down there at the bottom of it. That don't matter to us, but we're watching the end of this race. <laughs> Did you watch the end of the race? Oh, yeah. Yep. Who won? Yeah, we didn't move. He went back in the booth. <laughs> we didn't move. We had, that was fun. That he, got, he got the hint. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Hell Doug was running up there and winning races before that little old guy was born. So, anyway. That, that, that's a nice racetrack. I love going up there, too. It is a nice place. Fred Brown and them do a good job, for sure. No doubt about that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, man, I just, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being on. I, I guess uh, Allstate Mechanical, that was one of your big supporters there through the late 80s and 90s. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, you, you, you ran the Shrine Race every year there at Carolina Speedway. That was an important race to you, and you won it a couple of times. Talk about some of those, uh, some of those wins and days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love running at Carolina when I when I do. But, uh, I've won the Shrine Race twice down there, and Danny Jackson owned it one year. I think Glenn Roberts owned the car one year. We we won it twice, and my uncle won it two or three times. And it being right there in my house, it was real good for us to win that thing. And I'd like to run it again, but I don't know how long Carolina's going to be there because the house developments are starting to close in on them. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I don't know how 
that's going to work either, but we're, we're going to fight for it whenever it comes down to it, I hope, and uh, try to keep it. But it was it's a nice little racetrack. I went there for the first time last year. I think it was an ultimate race, or I can't it, clash yeah. or ultimate. I can't remember which one it was. I <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I think I think the ultimate's going to be down there in about three weeks to run a race. And Doug, also uh, the the, uh, the, uh, the the troll family, you're related to those, and uh, get a connection there. And Scholar Troll Memorial has always been a big race here in our backyard that you've tried to win for a long time but uh but you always carry the paint scheme and the flag and do that pace lap and all that and that's always got to be really special to you to be a part of that yeah it is you know i, I won that they had it at uh gaffney the first time they had that and they they did have a, what they call a, a a dash for cash and the top six people in the late model main event and uh was some some guys were driving down the interstate and they seen that dirt flying and they pulled in there and these these three guys put up a thousand dollars then for a five lap shootout between the top six and the late models and it was a scholar troll and uh i wound up winning that thing and i was tickled to death about that but i never won the race but i won the dash one time i got you i don't think that one was on the record but that's cool that you did that's, that they yeah. were just driving down the interstate driving down the interstate and really honestly they come up they was out there and them was the drunkest men i ever seen in my life and they, <laughs> they threw out a thousand dollars just to watch a five lap shootout and i finished six so i got to start on the pole and i led every lap of it who'd you, who'd you beat that night the ricky weeks run second to me all right yeah well that's pretty cool Tell me about Ricky Weeks. Tell, tell the listeners about Ricky Weeks. I grew up watching him, and he was a he was a tough competitor. And you uh, you and him ran first and second a lot a lot of times, a lot more times than that you just mentioned. But just uh, try to describe Ricky Weeks. Ricky Weeks was a, was a good driver. I mean, real good, and he was a clean driver. I mean, I enjoyed racing with Ricky, but he, he won a bunch of races at Gaffney, and that was the man to outrun. And, you know, if, if there ever been somebody from this area that really could have, between him and Buddy, Ricky, Ricky could have really made it big in dirt track racing if he would have traveled out. But he, he ran at Gaffney, and, and Ricky was real good at, at Gaffney Speedway. He ran the, uh, you and him battled it out a lot on the Carolina Clash Tour for the points there, too, a lot of years in a row there. And he, uh, he won a lot of championships and a lot of races on that, and you as well. But uh, that... You and him were uh, neck and neck a whole lot over the years. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you could race with Ricky. Yeah. I, can't, I couldn't say that about Buddy. You couldn't race that against Buddy. <laughs> but Ricky, you could race fender to fender with him, and you'd be all right. And uh, I just hate he retired, but like I told somebody else, I said, I think I'm about the last, last of the Mohicans around here still racing. I think you are. You're, uh, you're uh, sort of a – we lost Buddy Smith last year. You're sort of a last of a dying breed, I guess I could say. I mean, you you literally, like you said, when we started, you've been around this deal for like 48 years now. And you've, uh, I mean, you've drove all shapes and sizes of the late models to the to the wedge cars and the, uh, and the you know, the small body cars. And then, you know, this crazy stuff we got going on now. You've, uh, you've done it all. I guess out of all of that, what was your maybe favorite year? Maybe what was your most successful year? Well, the best year I ever had, I won the North Carolina State Championship at Friendship. I won the South Carolina State uh, Championship at uh, at Langster the same year. And I think it was one of the same years I won one of the Shrine races. I'm not sure, but them, them two state championships was, was one of my best years. And uh, I think it was the same year. We won. I think we won. We got. I got the roof down. And I think I've got 39 wins that year on the roof of that thing, and that, that was the best year I've ever had. That's more than Overton won last year. <laughs> yeah, but not as much money. <laughs> <laughs> more fun. More fun back then. Oh yeah, it was. I could. It was fun. I mean, it was a family thing back then. You know, your whole family went. Your mom, and your dad, and all them went with you, and now. You got a couple crew guys go with you, but it ain't it ain't fun no more. So it's just a, basically it's coming down to be a headache trying to race now. Goodies headache powder award. Yeah, there's the I mean, Doug Sanders. It, Doug Sanders. 
It just costs them too much. It costs, the reason I, I told somebody on a radio station years ago, I said, if you're going to go racing, get in a division that you can afford. Because if you can't afford it, it's going to get into your marriage life, your family life, and everything, because y'all going to be fighting over money. And get in something that you enjoy and your whole family enjoys it. Wow, yeah, that's great advice for anybody listening to this tonight, too. So, um, A couple of years ago, you checked one off the bucket list when you went to Eldora and uh, and, and, and ran the dream up there and entered into the dream. And uh, I don't know if you had huge expectations to go up there and try to win the thing. I think your goal was probably to make the field, and uh, and you did make the field on one of those preliminary nights. But uh, try to try to talk about that night a little or that weekend a little bit. I know that was cool to see you up there running. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I always wanted to go there, and we decided to go. And uh, Friday night, rock preliminary race. I wind up I wind up making the show on that, and Mr. Cushman from down in South Carolina, he come up to me and he says, Doug, these people have been coming here for 70-something years or more and never made a show. And we come up here the first time and made the show. And uh, that's what John personally told me. He said, if there was any lucky SOB going to make the show to go to Eldora, <laughs> it was going to be you. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And that. I went to, went to Knoxville one time uh, up there and run the, I think it was uh Lucas race, and I enjoyed that. That that was the best place I ever been to, facility on dirt up that way I've ever went to, and I really enjoyed that. Knoxville over Eldora. Yeah, yeah I mean it was it the real nice people up there too at Knoxville. I've been there one time, but not to a race. We went up there and looked at it, and went to the Hall of Fame and stuff. And I've got to get back up there and try to go to a race at some point if we can afford this fuel <laughs> to get us yeah. there. But uh. I, I tell people that's the first racetrack I ever went to, that you can be walking down Main Street in a town and stick your hand through the fence and touch the guardrail of the racetrack. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's about three feet off the sidewalk in Main Town right there. Yes, sir. And yeah. A, and a stone's throw to the bar, the dingus. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Did you end up at the dingus that night? Nope. I did, uh, man. After driving all the way up there and running all that, I was in bed that night. Oh, come on. You got to go to the yeah. Dingus. Uh, all them crew, I don't know where my crew members went with me. I don't know where they went. But they probably were there. They were there. I went to bed. They were yeah. experiencing it for you. Yeah. So, anyway, Doug, what's uh, – I'll ask you a couple more questions here, and we'll wrap this thing up. But you've been good with, you've been good with us tonight. What's uh, – if Doug Sanders could knock one more thing off the bucket list or, or do anything this year, what would uh, what would that be? Lord, I don't really know. I'd like I, this year. I'd like to see my nephew win the championship in the ultimate more than anything because I'm getting older, and I'd like to see him win the championship. I finally got you know I was always worth wanting to see him win a super race, and he won the one that I think at Sumter last year and then one and one at Gaffney but I'd like to see him win the championship and I would like to win at least one I'd like, if I won one race this year I'd be tickled to death well we're gonna be pulling for you Doug for sure yeah. two, two weeks in uh Gaffney World of Outlaw Wolf you won that one. Oh man I'd, I'd quit right now and sell my race car on the racetrack no you can't do that That's <laughs> you, you, I'd come home and put that thing up for sale because I just bought, like I said, I just bought a brand new Longhorn. I got a brand new Clemens motor. And I told people, I said, if, right now, if I quit, I could just about double my money on that car because you know, I built it all myself, but I bought my, everything from Longhorn. And I've had people call it, try to buy it from me, and I wouldn't sell it. But I'd, I'd like to win one more race this year, and then I know I could call it quits easy. Well, Doug, we've uh, I've enjoyed knowing you for all these years and watching your career and watching your race and uh you've been out there and done it with the best of them and uh it's uh it's been uh it's been good to have uh, you know watch you all these years and, and really enjoyed it and uh and your friendship and all that especially so uh yeah i appreciate you doing this show tonight too for us well i appreciate you you know calling me and let me do it i i just i, I just hope this world gets at least the united states get turned around because right now we're going downhill quick. I mean, quick. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I yeah, I have to agree with you, but no. yeah. So I mean, th these gas prices right now, 
And the only, the only reason the gas, my opinion is, the only reason gas prices is going up, then people in Washington is pushing these electric cars, electric cars, because there's no reason for our gas prices to go up, because we're not but one percent of our fuel comes from Russia. Yeah. And I wish, I wish right now that they could straighten this back out. If they, if they straighten it out in the next couple of months. We have a good season in racing. If they don't, I believe racing's going to be a wash this year. Yeah, I'm a, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into all that on here, but I got an opinion too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going down the right track with yeah. you. I, 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 yeah. I know what I'm, you're saying. I'm riding coattails with you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Doug. If you uh, if you want to thank any of your sponsors or anybody that's helped you over the years or whatever, I mean, uh, feel free to do that here before we turn you loose. Yeah, well, I, I didn't have but a few, you know, over the years that was good sponsors. I had uh, Danny Jackson out of Clover, South Carolina, Jackson Enterprises. I had Glenn Roberts at uh, Allstate Mechanical. And Tommy Ward, he, he was really the first one that got me into late model racing. And we won a bunch of races at Gaffney. I'd like to thank him. And you know, I reckon most of all, I thank myself because about everything I, I paid for it all and everything else here for the last 10 or 15 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no other sponsors there. Yeah. Well, but now, if anybody wants graphics, call Big A's Custom Graphics. He does a one hell of a job on the cars. He sure there does. Like I said, he keeps you looking good, and uh, you uh, you've been that that fire suit though you got. It's, it might be about time for a new one of them. You think? Well, I was going to buy one <laughs> last week when they had the auction over there. They were two or three fire suit people, and uh, a man told me. $2,200 for a fire suit? Nah, mine, mine's just fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I look at like Chris Ferguson there, for example. I use him for an example on this. He, I think he has about three different ones. He'll wear one in hot laps, go in there and get a different one on and go qualify. And then you got him a feature suit, too. You notice that? I think he's got more. I think he's got about instead of three. I think he got about thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, every time you see him, he's in a different uniform. Yeah. But you, I've seen you wear the same one for the last decade, though, and it still gets the well, job done. I think I think I bought these uniforms like three or four years years ago, and I and I got a brand new one right here in the house. It's blue, and it's, it's got stripes. Looks good. I like. My wife hates that thing, and she'll wash my <laughs> daggum black one every time. So here, wear this one. Yeah. Oh. So you so say you got You got to listen to the boss. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No she doubt ain't about happy. That. Nobody's happy. No doubt yeah, about that's that. It. Well, uh, one more thing here. Just I'm just curious, out of my own curiosity here, uh, Pat Lindsey, you kind of got him started racing too back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, Pat, uh, Pat was my crew chief for I don't know how many years, and we won a bunch of races together. And I had to go out of town and work one time, and he was up here at the shop working on my cars, and uh, him and his brother David. Mm -hmm. And I called and was talking to him, and he said, I'm going to drive your car tonight. And I asked my daddy, I said, Pat's going to drive my car tonight. Daddy said, well, tell David to drive the other night. I don't care if they take them. Tell them to take them on to the track. And, and they go down there, and David's leading the race. I think Pat was running second or third, and David's broke, and Pat won the race. First race he ever even drove. And, and that's the first time I ever seen a man run a, a half-mile racetrack. And, and it took him three-quarters of a mile to go around it because he was from top to bottom everywhere down the straightaways and all, but he won the race. And his brother accused us of sabotaging his car, and we wasn't even in town working. Hey, I got to blame my, you. My dad, is told, my, dad is, my dad was there that night or whatever, and he's told me that for years, and I've never, I've always wanted to hear that story from the horse's mouth. You just gave it to me, so. Yeah, yeah, David, they, I mean, Pat won the race, and. I got the video. Pat's got the video of it, and he won his first race in my car. As never, and I always told him, I said, Pat, we ain't got to touch this thing. A monkey can drive this car. Anybody can drive it. And I come back home. I told, I said, I told you, a monkey or a jackass could drive this thing. You tell me one. Anybody could drive this car, and it could. It was an old Rayburn car, best race car I had back then ever. Yeah, and then of course Pat, he's still racing to this day. So. The bug bit him, and he he hadn't uh, he hadn't given up yet. Yeah, if if I was him, I'd come and shoot me for getting him, let him drive mine one time. <laughs> Why would you do that? Could, Why would you do that to a man? Because he he could be rich right now if he didn't have a race car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So anyway, well, man, I, Doug, I appreciate you being on here tonight, the Forward Bike Podcast, and uh, next time I see you, I'll bring you one of these hats I've, that we've had made up, and if you'll wear it, so. All right. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. Absolutely, man. Hopefully, we'll see you in the next couple of weeks somewhere. All right. Come on to Carolina. We'll be down in about three weeks. Sounds like a plan to me. All right, and I'll see you. All right, Doug. Have a good night. All right. Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. We'll see you next week. <laughs>